Welcome to the Humanity Matters Podcast, where we discuss and reflect on faith and philosophy, leadership and social issues. We want to engage in ideas and what it means to be a free human being in the pursuit of human flourishing. For more information, please visit our website, philipfletcher.org. And now, the Humanity Matters Podcast. Two words, ethical. What is the right or wrong thing to do? Does it depend on where I'm at? Does it depend on who I'm with? Does it depend on what time period am I in? Ethical relativism. Do I have... the power to say what is right or wrong when another individual or another group or another individual or another group of a different time period or nation is doing something that I find objectionable. Ethical relativism. So, ethical relativism depends on skepticism. I am skeptical of an absolute, universal, overarching understanding of what is right or wrong. It changes depending on who I'm with can change on the basis of where I'm at. It can change on the basis of my religious beliefs or political beliefs. So, as always, let's define our terms here. So, when we're talking about ethical relativism, we are talking about calling into question the activity of an individual or group's ethical reasoning. Reasoning, reasoning, reasoning. So I've got knowledge, a body of knowledge, limited as it is. I've got a context. I've got an event or events, behaviors, people. I'm taking all of that into consideration to determine is this right or wrong. But here's the thing. There is skepticism about the possibility of determining right or wrong. An ethical relativist, which you may or may not be, but for you to decide, is skeptical about the possibility of determining right or wrong. Now, again, defining our terms, two parts. It is descriptive 
and that is meta-ethical. What do we mean? One is descriptive. I am acknowledging the presence, the existence of different ideas about what an individual or group holds in relationship to values. There's differences out there. I'm acknowledging that I have a different set of ideas about what I value versus what the market's values. And to a degree, the ethical relativists supports the differences, the diversity of ideas about what is valued in terms of what is moral, what is right or wrong, good or bad, just or unjust. So I can acknowledge in my world, for example, that men who have long hair are strong, morally. The Marcus values that morally, men who have short hair are morally strong. <laughs> Which one of us is right? Both. Hmm? Both. None hmm. of you are right. It's your opinion. Interesting. So none of us are right. Okay? All right? Which is then an idea that is asserting a different moral value and proposition. Those who have long hair, those who have short hair, those who have no hair. So the ethical relativists would say, mm, there is no right or wrong. It's moral to have long hair. It's moral to have short hair. It's moral to have no hair. Can everybody be right? No. no. Why not? Rhetorical question will get there. The ethical relativist pushes the boundaries and says, yeah, everybody can be right. Second, it's descriptive. Second thing, it's meta-ethical. Again, you hear that term meta? You know, Facebook changed the name to meta, right? Large, overarching, encompassing. If you don't learn nothing else in this class, you learn better. It is universal in scope, making the claim there are no objective or absolute values which empower critique. There are no absolutes that means wherever I go, in whatever time period, there is no moral value that is absolute. So in 
argument can be made. An absolute value is that men and women are created equal. So if you don't like the word created, exist equal. Or if you don't like that, evolve to be equal. Whatever real flavor is. That would be considered an absolute value. But what if we took that absolute value away? Sure. Right. Say so said, all men and women are equal. And I say, no, they're not. The skeptic would say, say is right. Philip is right. But can we both be right? It depends on where you are. Can we both be right in this context? No, if you're in the same place. I think well, we can both be right. In the can sense, we? Okay, go yes, ahead. In the sense that if we tested, like, what was saying, what was actually um, um, discussing what for both of us, then it's right for like you saying this and me saying that. I think well, we can both be right. Let's push it down. I want to eat human beings. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. You're not right. I want to meet people, clubs, hang out on vacations, hang out with them, bring them back to my Airbnb, <laughs> give them something to drink. They fall asleep, and I dismember them and serve them in a skillet and eat them. It leads to my happiness. It provides for my family. <laughs> it is sustaining. Yes, hands are going up. <laughs> But if there are no objective or absolute values in the world, who's heard of postmodernism? So postmodernism came as a reaction to modernism. All right, we're about to get here. Modernism came out of the Enlightenment. So it was out of modernism that you got ideas like the value of the human being and freedom of speech and that slavery was wrong, so on and so forth, right? Postmodernism came along and said, there's no overarching absolute. We can't really know. It's about a transition, a journey. And so, commentary, briefly, in today's society, the idea of absolutes or objectivity is frowned upon. 
More is the subjective, or you may have heard the lived experience, or what is my truth, right? If that is the case, it is my truth that I like to go, invite people back, eat them, provide for my family, and it makes me happy. And who are you to judge me and to tell me that I am wrong? Now, what say you? Okay, my thing is, if is it does it is it ethical? Because you say you know he's it makes him happy, and that's it's good for his family. But if it's taken away from somebody else, then that that's where it's like that's where the question comes in. Because it's not just taking away from somebody else; it's really murdering, but but taking away from somebody's happiness. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. On what foundation are you basing that I am wrong? Because you invoke the term murder. Um, what are you basing that on? Legal. So you're making a legal claim. That what? That murder is wrong. Why? Because you're killing someone. Well, you it, just re- you it's just you law. you just redescribe murder with its synonym. So why is murder a legal term? Wrong, killing. So killing, right, mm-hmm. is an act. The legal term for killing is murder. So, but why is murder wrong? So as soon as you say it was wrong, you're invoking a moral claim. So why is it wrong? Because it's taking away the lives of other people that are have purpose in this world. With no, that are innocent that are innocent. Okay. They have purpose in the world. Yeah. What is that based on? Um, any any living, breathing person has purpose in this world. Purpose means also baby. I'm, I'm coming each one of y'all way. Where are you getting that idea from? Myself. So you're making a subjective claim. <laughs> I'll come back to you. Me? No, don't come back. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I heard him talk. Can I eat you? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why? I went. Why can I not see you running around the school and say, look at that nice young man. And I clip you with my car on Broadway. And I say, oh my gosh, let me help you back in the car. And I help you all the way back to the B&B. Nobody knows you're gone. They got my location. Why? Again, soon as you say in this class, it's not right or wrong. You're making a moral claim, and I'm going to ask you, what are you basing that on? What is your ethical reasoning to arrive at me taking you and eating you is wrong, but under ethical relativism, there is no absolute. There is no universal. Who are you to tell me that? Wrestle with it. 
Why are you making that claim? Why eat people when you got animals? Yeah. But we animals do. <laughs> but animals on four legs. We're basically four legs. No. We got arms. Yeah, but if you. What? I'm coming back. But based on law, you're wrong. Because it's against the law in Arkansas mm -hmm. to be cannabis. Okay. Isn't, it? Isn't it? Yes. Am I right? Okay, so it's against the law. But it depends on where you are. So, as I was saying before, if you're in Arkansas, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. But if you were in, let's just say, if you were someplace in Ethiopia, or like um, someplace where cannibalism is normalized. Name a place. Nowhere. There is. There's a couple places in the world where cannibalism is normalized. Somebody look it up. If you were in a place like that, mm -hmm. you would be right. You have to abide by the laws of the place that you're in. So we are making an argument that there is no objective or absolute value regarding the consumption of human beings. Repeat that. Are you making the argument that there is no universal objective or absolute regarding the consumption of human beings. I mean, <laughs> I'm not liking what I'm reading. Let's hear it. Idaho is the only state where there is a specific law against cannibalism. In all the other 49 U.S. states, cannibalism is not illegal. Oh, cannibalism. Can, can you read that out loud for me? Ah! <laughs> so Why don't you read out loud for the recording? Idaho is the only state where there is a specific law against cannibalism. In all the other 49 U.S. states, cannibalism is not illegal. Oh, but the thing is, the means to cannibalism is illegal. Yeah. So okay. You technically, make I'm, go ahead. Technically go ahead. Cannibalism is still illegal because to eat somebody, you gotta kill them. Yes. And the murder is illegal. Cannibalism is it's something that it seems like it's one of them things that shouldn't even have to be stated. Could I kill you and just be charged with murder? But if I don't eat you, I'm not gonna be charged with cannibalism. Correct? I mean if you already find somebody Dead. <laughs> like you're saying, who would have been? Or if somebody's willing, yeah, like somebody willingly decides to kill themselves so that you can eat them. But what I don't understand is this: I've grown up in a society that says you shouldn't judge other people in terms of their behavior and what they do and how they identify. So if I come along and say I'm gonna lock this door. I'm gassing this whole room, and I'm eating all of you except Demarcus. Me, me. <laughs> Who is Demarcus to tell me that I am wrong? He's On right. What? He's, 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 he's right. <laughs> Let me go. He <laughs> <laughs> eat all y'all. <laughs> On what basis? Could you tell me? Could you tell me that I am wrong? <laughs> Same way you grown up in a society that tell you that that judging people is wrong. 
that same society tells you that murdering people is wrong. But do you see how it's a self-refuting argument? Yes. How so? Because they allowing one thing, but it's another thing that's not, it's like they allowing what fits, what benefits them in a sense. But this, as soon as you say, you cannot, and if you do that, you're making a judgment on me. But you just said, you cannot judge. Did we? Or did he just say it's wrong to judge? That is a judgment. On what basis are you saying that it is wrong? Morally. But the wrong, the morally wrong is a conclusion. See, so this is how did I'm you thinking. how did you reason this got me thinking. to it being morally wrong versus not reasoning that cannibalism or bribery is morally right? How did you reason to that? And then secondly, on what basis can you compel me or even tell me that what I'm doing is wrong? When you just told me that there are no absolutes. Have you become the absolute then? No. <laughs> are you oh, sure? No. Go ahead. This is where moral and ethics clash, and this is what I talked about on the first day, the gray area. There has to be some sort of gray area. It's not just right and wrong. It can't just be right or wrong. It has to be except or like maybe or what if. There has to be something in the middle of that gray area. Uh -huh. Stop. Morally, that's wrong. Don't. I'll help you. Hold on. Hold on. But in, in Indo Indonesian, what the, what, the, what the place name? In, Idaho. In Idaho. <laughs> but in Idaho, that's legally wrong. Why? Because it's against the law. We know that, but why? It's just against the law. You're not supposed to do it. <laughs> that's not an acceptable answer in this it class. Is. No, it is not. Why? I want you to. How did those individuals, that legislature, reason to the conclusion that cannibalism is wrong? What led them there? Somebody had to because somebody could bite out of somebody else, and then they thought they were wrong. Okay. Too many people thought we could eat. That's like Wait, is that the state that Jeffrey Dahmer was arrested in? I don't know. Was it? It might be. It might have been. Well, he didn't know. <laughs> Jeffrey. What about Jeffrey? He's a terrible person. Let me tell you why he's a terrible person. So, Ted Bundy. Eight people. Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, yes. Ted Bundy made the same argument that I'm making. An ethical relativist argument. He's intelligent. Yeah, he's crazy. I saw that for me, this is right. And who is anybody else, the law, society, to tell me differently? Now, moving on. This leads us to our next thing. My brain just running. Individual versus cultural relativism. So the individual relativist is like a Ted Bundy to an extreme, or it could be any number of your classmates here on this campus. 
an individual who goes about and at a lesser degree says, shit, I'm not going to practice today. I know what coach said. I know what coach said. If 100% of attendance is not there, we're running all day. I'm just not going. The school has this honor code about cheating, plagiarism. I'm copying and pasting a whole article that I found. I'm not giving a proper citation, references, or nothing. That is right for me so that I can get this A. Who is the president or that professor to tell me to do that? I don't believe it's wrong to plagiarize. What do I say to that individual? It's in the syllabus. What do I say to them? If there's no absolutes, there's no universal arching principle, what could I possibly say to that student? On what grounds would I have to give him or her an F? Contract. Okay. I don't think you have one. Hmm? I don't think you have one. You don't think I have one. All right, let's hear it. So the contract, then we'll come here. Because like like you say, it's no it's no just universal thing to, to show what's right or wrong. It wasn't specifically saying that oh plagiarism at this school or at this institution is wrong. Mm-hmm. So they think they under the mindset that they free to do it because they were not told or there was nothing that stated to them that you can't do this and you will receive an if if you do this. So they thinking they free to do it. But there was Okay. The cultural relativists. Culture A. Culture B. There's a set of practices, teachings, beliefs. Culture B has a different set of practices. teachings, and beliefs. So, for your consideration, and I referenced this, I believe, last week. So, there was a tribe that was discovered back in the late 17th century. As it got cold, they began to store up all of their resources in order for the spring. Part of that tradition was to leave the elderly outside to be exposed to the elements, and the elderly would die. And then come that upcoming spring, 
the elderly were disposed of. You visit this tribe. You spend a year there. You arrive in the summer. And then you see, come winter time, they're gathering up all their things. They're storing it into their huts. And then they gather all the elderly to be exposed to the winter elements to die. Is the tribe right? To expose the elderly to the elements so that, here's the implication, there are resources available in the spring for those that are remaining, who are the non-elderly. What say you? Precisely in our speech. With things like throwing elderly people out 
to die, I I feel like it's a I'm gonna put myself in their shoes type of situation. So it's like, well, I'm not just not even putting myself. Let's say if it was my grandma or something, I wouldn't want nobody to throw my grandma out to die. But the thing is, like when you were asking about being hesitant to say something earlier, I'll go against it. But I'll probably be hesitant because I'm I'm an intruder in nature, so I'm I'm the minority. So if I say something about what they doing, they gonna end up throwing me out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad when you personalize it, but when you just look at it like logically, it makes the most sense. Stand, but I'm just against it. It's not proper. It's not proper? Why? You just made a moral claim. It's not proper. Synonymous with it's that's, not good. That's, that's more than that. They actually, I'm sure like many of their elders are not up to 60 because I'm sure like it, every every um, spring there are not like a lot of elders that will be in the town anymore because they are already killing them. So I think their elders will be at maybe 40, 50 years of age. So killing them is not really important. You said an elderly person is 50 years old? No, like I'm saying like killing- Because I'm 50, I was like, yeah. <laughs> then I guess, I guess the point just depends on where the, what is considered elderly. Yeah. Oh, okay. So y'all are all good though. Oh yeah. Yeah, Right, but I just, okay. I do, I do kind of agree because it, you only you only go up one age every year. Okay. So what do they consider old? Okay. Mm. But I still I'm still on my side. But okay. They still in the back of my head. What is old? Okay. Y'all can just eat less. Yes. Or work at or work at doing the summer. Or work at doing both the elder and they just have to work out during the summer and they will be able to like feed the elders also during the spring. Okay. Killing them is normal. Okay. What if? For those who have the objection, the elderly saw that as an honor. Oh, they didn't. To expose themselves to the elements in order that their children and their grandchildren could continue on. How would you view this practice in the teaching and the belief then? They go with it. If, yeah, if they see it as an honor. I'm still not gonna make the decision. If they see it as on, they walk out the next day. Like it's not gonna be my decision. It's not gonna yes. be on my hand. It's not gonna be like I'm forcing them out. If they want to leave, they can leave. Okay. Mm -hmm. How is this different or not different than our trolley example? Uh oh. What? You wasn't. You wasn't here that day. So in our trolley example, we talked about. Were you willing to sacrifice the many for the few or the few for the many? And I said. And what did you say? The few for the many. The one I said killed the one person saved. Well, you're the saying the five people. That's what I said too. Okay. So you're being consistent? Yes. Okay. And then when I asked, there was an overly large man over a bridge. And would you be willing to push him in order to save the many? No. Is he willing to jump? <laughs> uh, no. 
can't push him, but but you just said we have to push him off the bridge. But you're willing to push the old people out. But he no, they ain't pushing the same. But they ain't well, no. Actually, I never said that. Oh, they not? Yeah, you said they never. He never said that. I just said they were putting them out. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just said they're exposed to the elements. Now, if you pushed your old people out, would you still support the group? Yes. <laughs> because overall, it benefits. It benefits the majority. Okay. All right. That would be really sad, though. Why? Because it's the people that you, you know. grew up, they, they raised you. Mm. And so, somebody from the outside would say, you're pushing your you're pushing or allowing your grandma, granny, Madea, whatever you call it, right? Out into the elements so that you can have more bread in the spring. Is your stomach of greater value than your granny? No, I said in animals. another example. Oh. Yeah. Well, I don't have grandma. Well, well, whoever. <laughs> or we'll just, we'll just generalize it. Is the satisfaction of your stomach of greater value than the life of a human being? No. It's not just about the satisfaction of your stomach, though. It's about overall resources. And if you don't have food, you can't live. Okay. So then everybody's going to be dead. That's why they killed the old people. First, so they can continue to have um, generations. Do you know that? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> what did we talk about last week? Do we have complete knowledge? No. I'm going to the, what's this tribe called? Look at it. So, two elements here. Strong and weak relativism. All right. Typically, if it's up here, you'll get tested on it. I'm just saying. So, Friedrich Nietzsche, German philosopher, 19th century, he was strong in critiques of modernity. He strongly critiqued the influence of uh, Christianity, because that was a prevailing thought influence, and observed that. That influence was losing its power in terms of societal development, morals, political thought, and theory. And that something had to replace it. He famously said that God is dead. He was not making a theological claim. He was making a claim that the influence of Christianity, right, was waning. Okay? He would be considered a strong relativist. What do we mean? He held to perspectivism. What's the name of you? Uh, I'll spell it for you. Nietzsche. All right.
And he saw that there is no universal underpinnings, no absolutes, no objectivity, unless it was related to what he called the will to power. <clears throat> the will to power. In other words, when culture A observes culture B, Nietzsche made an argument, there was a will to power that one ethical or moral position would be asserted over another. So for instance, with our uh, exposure to the elements, if we went in there as visitors and we held the claim, just for argument's sake, that the elderly are to be respected, that the elderly are to die naturally, right? We would see what that tribe is doing and then we would introduce beliefs, we would introduce teachings and practices and over a period of time, new ways would be developed. So that not only are the elderly living long lives, but then also there are enough resources for everybody. All right, idealistic. Strong relativism. I'm acknowledging a different set of beliefs, teachings, and practices, but I'm also acknowledging this, that yeah, something better. My moral claim is better. Now, in some form or fashion, I am acting as the absolute for the objective, correct? Next. Weak relativism. Weak relativism One of the popular authors, and we'll swing back to uh, Nussbaum later on, talks about capabilities approach. All right. So for Nussbaum and the capabilities approach, we can have different cultures, culture A, culture B. We can have shared values, but they are expressed differently. So we can have a value about human life that's shared. 
but how that is expressed is going to look different in culture A versus culture B. So human beings are going to seek their flourishing, because ultimately this is what we're talking about. You're going to see flourishing in culture A different than flourishing in culture B. Their approaches are different. And so there's still a level of relativism, but it's not... imposed, like the strong relativism of a Nietzsche. That's a close. Transatlantic slave trade. Europeans interacting with Africans, Africans selling their own to Europeans, horses and weapons and the like. Then at least from the 1500s up until 1865, slavery moved west. At that same time, moving east, Arabs slave traded Africans. To which most would argue did not end until the 20th century. One direction ended, 1865, translated slave trade. Trans-Saharan slave trade of the Arabs moving east the 20th century. Were both cultures right? Was one culture right and the other wrong? Ethical relativism. Do I have the right to make a claim on you and on this class that what you are doing is right or wrong? Do I have the right to go into another culture and make the claim that what they are doing is right or wrong? Am I there as one who is the aid, or am I there as a colonialist? See you Tuesday. Hey, if you found something of value, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Find us on Facebook, at Dr. Philip Fletcher. Find us on Twitter, at Philip Fletcher. And as always, visit us on the website, philipfletcher.org.